0: You're listening to the Pandemic Podcast. We equip you to live the most real life possible in the face of the day's crises. My name is Matt Botker, and I'm with my good friend, Dr. Stephen Kistler, an epidemiologist at the Harvard School of Public Health. And with him alone again, Dr. Mark uh, could not make it. uh, He got... Uh, home late last night, and he asked for a, quote, a COVID-free day. So I think he's once on time home with his family. Uh, <laughs> things are getting a little bit crazier, and we assume that probably will get a little bit worse before it gets better. So giving him a mental health day, uh, so we miss him. But uh, good to see you again, Stephen. Yeah, good to see you too, man. Yeah, well, we've got a lot to cover today. So we were thinking, what should we do for this episode? Stephen and I and Mark were riffing and we thought, well, you know, we're kind of in this now. We just saw in the news, the state of Colorado issued a statewide stay at home order. And Steve and I were talking before this was recorded that this is, you know, Probably not the only state that's going to do this in the coming weeks. Uh, so this
1: correction, is, there, state of California, I think you said state of Colorado.
0: Oh gosh, thank you so much. I'm <laughs> we're so, not there quite yet. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Yeah, sorry, totally accident. Yes, yeah, state of California, not Colorado. But I would assume we might be getting there relatively soon. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my my life is in day with Colorado. So thanks for the correction there, buddy. And yeah, so in light of that, we were okay. This is now moving from the what's what, what's going to happen to it. Looks we're you know we're pretty now certain that we're going to be staying home for a while. So wanted to just. Talk to you guys in a little bit about the tips that we're kind of doing to me uh, with a family of three little boys and my wife. And staying at home, and how we're trying to navigate this terrain, and some of the tips we've already kind of uh, adopted to help us kind of streamline some of this stuff, as well as a riff with Stephen, what he's doing over there in Boston. Uh, before we do that, I want to talk about the news. And then, oh, there's one topic in particular I want to chat st- with Stephen about uh, this, this idea, this like long term plan, and what that means for us, and how it may be worse or how maybe not be worse. But a few things I want to again ask Stephen about that I saw on the news personally. And so just because I get him for about a half hour, I kind of make this a show about me and it hopefully it benefits you as well. The first thing I saw was this idea that Japan is really not being affected by the coronavirus. And I read this article that they're not doing social distancing. I see like them out in the streets and walking and hanging out. I'm like, what on earth is happening? And so I'm, I like, want to know from you, Stephen, like why is the coronavirus not exploding? And is this like them holding back because they're you know they're waiting to to, to be secret so they can have
1: their, uh, their their Olympics? Or is there something else going on? To, do you have any insight into this? Yeah. So I mean, you're even amongst us who are you know studying the the public health side of things. This this is a this is a question we're sort of trying to to get our heads around. So first of all, I mean, I would say that I would doubt that they're they're trying to hide anything. And um, my guess is that there's probably uh, like a multifactorial story here going on. You know, one of which is just that in the aftermath of the SARS outbreak back in 2003, um, both China and all of the countries around it really sort of ramped up their preparations for exactly the sort of outbreak that we've been seeing. So I think it was last week that we were talking about the transition from containment to mitigation. And uh, in a lot of countries, you know, in, and I think in Japan in particular, and a number of sort of the East Asian countries that have been preparing for this for a long time, their ability to sort of uh, sustain that containment phase has been really high, uh, just because they were, you know, they were really well prepared. So okay. I think that that might just be part of it, that they have a really robust public health system that's helping out there. And it could have, you know, everything to do with the the, the climate could be helping a little bit, The even just like the ways in which people interact could be helping, you know, whether, you know... It, different. Maybe, maybe there are sorts of social distancing that is sort of woven into the fabric of their ways of interacting that isn't sort of woven into the way that, you know, we hear like shake hands or, Mm. um, in Europe, even kiss people to say hello. You know, it's, I'm, I'm not really familiar and can't really speak, you know, directly to that, but, but there could be all sorts of just like really small, subtle differences that could be contributing to this overall difference that we're seeing. But I think it's fascinating. And it's something that has, um, certainly as epidemiologists, we're interested in looking at more.
0: Yeah, I, I when I when I saw this and when you, when we we're speaking kind of off uh, the recording I kind of had to say like hope I know we're in a different situation you mentioned this we're not at that point where we can adopt Japan's practices now right. that you know there there can be another way other than social distancing but it gets to a point where then social distancing is maybe the only answer and we're and the US particularly in that that area right now. And, That's right. And I, I another thing I read that kind of enlightened me because I went back to the face masks last uh, the last episode and I talked to you about that and my concern about what's going on with you see China wearing masks and you know the West is saying no no don't don't wear them but I read another article that was I think goes al- along the line with this that one reason why we see China wearing so many masks is it's kind of a cultural norm I had no idea yeah. that that that. There is like you mentioned this off the air, and like you kind of alluded to it already, that there is this uh, accentuated uh, respect for hygiene, uh, mm-hmm. and, and so just not it was it's normal to see right. people with masks outside of COVID, um, yes. on the streets, especially during flu season, just out of respect for other people. Uh, and right. so like, wow, that is a whole different reality. And you could see, you could now begin to start putting these puzzle pieces together of maybe why Japan, right? Uh, it, right. Adopting similar norms that, that could actually do this and accomplish this without having to go to a social
1: distancing program. So I thought that fascinating. Yeah. and, and I find it fascinating too. This yeah. is something we'll be studying, I think, for a long time to come. Yeah, I would imagine.
0: And that leads to another thing still in Japan. Japan's are kind of our, our, our limelight right now. You mentioned to me, I had no idea this was what's going on, but there's some good news in Japan about some kind of, I don't know if it's antiviral or some kind of medication that seems to be hopeful. Can you talk about that?
1: Yeah, and I can talk about it just a little bit. I know that there's um, just very preliminary data coming out of out of Japan about a potential you know a potential therapeutic that seems to have been effective in a small number of patients. In um, basically, for patients who didn't have particularly severe illness, it was able to shorten the duration of their illness, which is really important. Both because you know if if it pans out that that is actually the case, it'll both help prevent people from reaching the point of needing to go to the hospital, and it'll also shorten the amount of time that they're spending transmitting the illness, which will reduce. that transmissibility factor, which will hopefully help gain control of the overall epidemic. So, uh, from that article I was reading, um, I mean, even if even if the the therapeutic sort of pans out, there's uh, a good chance that it won't be widely available for another couple of months. So we're still going to be dealing with these social distancing measures for some time. But, but I, you know, there's there, there's little glimmers of hope, I'd say. Yeah, and he, and I think you already said this, but just to reiterate.
0: Now this whatever this medication is that it reduces the 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 impact the duration of the of COVID and he said that so it's not just the symptoms but it also reduces its contagiousness
1: as well is that what the seems to okay seems to that's yeah. good.
0: Well, good. There's hope on the horizon and just so many great people working. I mean, I hear and there's all over it. There's the vaccine work, there's antiviral, there's stuff going on here in the US. It's, it's really hopeful uh, about stuff being, that, that could, on the verge of coming out. Uh, but nonetheless, we do have to have some weeks, a couple months of waiting before that might be available to us. However, what might be coming out sooner... Stephen, and you can talk about how this might be a game changer for us. Is home test kits coming out soon? So I read this, and I'm like, this is awesome. Uh, and so I had a, a kind of a little misunderstanding of the home test kit. You know, my imagination is like, great, I have my own little lab, so I get it. And then I, I, you know, it's almost like a pregnancy indicator. But it sounds like it's a little more complicated than that. It's not just an in-home thing that you can know right away. It's there's some other steps involved. Can you tell us a little bit about what this might be, and and uh, and how this could be a change uh, how we fight uh, COVID here in the US?
1: Yeah, so um I mean it, what you just mentioned about like the paper-based sort of pregnancy test style tests is definitely something that people are working on. Okay. But from what I'm aware of the the first sort of at-home tests that people have been talking about are really just they're they're essentially glorified nasal swabs, which then you can you can basically put inside a package and then send it off to your state lab to get tested. So presumably you're still going to need permission to send those things into the lab. And then all of the sort of bottlenecks that we've talked about before with respect to the chemicals that the labs need and just sort of the personnel to run these tests are still going to be in effect in the labs themselves. So I think that the ability to sort of run these these sort of early stage home tests will be really important because it will still, you know, allow more people to 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 send in their tests and it will also prevent them from having to enter into healthcare settings and potentially mm. spread infection. Yeah. So that's the really key thing for me with these home tests is that they they eliminate one more possibility for transmission to happen. So I think they will sort of be integrated and become a really important part of our, our response um, coming up. But so far, I don't think the at-home tests will really be sort of the silver bullet we've been looking for to sort of solve all of our testing problems. Okay.
0: I think I heard I'm not sure that around April 23rd, this might be uh, first available uh, for, to, to order. Now you can't just like go online and then Amazon and buy one, apparently. You do need a doctor's yeah. note to, uh, to actually obtain one. But nonetheless, uh, we're about a month away to potentially having these uh, into all the homes, which is a great hopeful sign. Now, one thing I didn't ask you off the air, it's on the notes, but I had—I might just have to put this on as a question. Uh, but I noticed in an article, and just for my own, because I'm a guy, I read that maybe that men are being more affected by this than women. And is that true? And do you have any insight to maybe? I know there, people don't really know, so maybe you're probably on the same same area, but do you have any insights to
1: this? Yeah. So uh, you're absolutely right that um, it seems like men are at higher risk of having severe outcomes from coronavirus infection than women. And it's it's still a little bit unclear why that's the case, but sort of the the prevailing hypothesis that I'm aware of is that it has to do with our circulatory systems, and it's sort of the same thing that predisposes men to have higher rates of cardiovascular illness. Um, you know, heart disease is you know certainly not exclusively a male disease, but it it is overrepresented in men than in women. And so some of those, since since the coronavirus causes respiratory infection, but also really causes overall cardiovascular distress, I think those very same things that predispose men for cardiovascular illness are the same things that predispose men for more severe outcomes from the coronavirus. Okay. Now, moving
0: into another place that I have a big question about, and that is, okay, so I've been hearing the news that the coronavirus, COVID, may more than likely stay with us. This is not something that's just going to go away and never come back, like SARS, that this could be an ever-going reality. So initial reaction is, holy crap, what do you mean by this? I mean, this is this sucks right now. Could you talk back into, I read this article, and it, it brought some insight and a lot of hope to... How, in the long run, it's going to be a lot different than it is now and why
1: that's the case, yeah, totally so i I would say on the whole, I agree that there's a very good chance that we're going to be living with this coronavirus for some time, but you know, if we look at the example of past past influenza pandemics, I mean pandemic flu also enters into regular seasonal circulation and basically just becomes a seasonal flu strain after a flu pandemic comes around and during the pandemic, usually mortality is very high because so many people are susceptible. But as we sort of build up this underlying partial immunity, oftentimes the severity of infection declines. One of the other things that could be helpful is that, and I think this was something we were talking about earlier too, is the age distribution of infection could really shift. So we're we're familiar with a lot of different illnesses that are you know much less severe for children than for adults. I and mean, we can think of things like the chickenpox, where you know if you get it when you're very young, you know it'll probably be an uncomfortable but a mild infection. But if you get chicken pox when you're an adult, it can be incredibly severe um, and life threatening. And there's a good, I mean, this coronavirus might sort of follow in that same strain. And so what could happen is what we're sort of seeing is like what a global pandemic of the chickenpox might look like, you know, it would be really catastrophic for the older population. But then once it enters into this sort of regular circulation, then there's a chance that it might just become a recurring childhood illness. And then after children get exposed to it a couple of times, maybe they mount a strong enough immune response that they won't get infected with it again in the future. So I think there's a lot of reason to believe that even if we are dealing with this coronavirus virus for a long time, we, we may well be seeing the worst of it right now, uh, um, and and so there's there's hope that it could get, get get better for sure.
0: Well, nonetheless, we are still bunkered in in our house for a while for a definite period of time. And I know there's a lot of uh, a lot of hardships going on right now. Uh, skipping ahead just a little bit, I saw just in uh, Wednesday, today's Friday. So Wednesday, Colorado itself received uh, 10,000 uh, files for unemployment. Uh, and so the, you can see the gravity of what this is doing to so many businesses and individuals lives. Um, and we want to kind of take a step back and say, okay, now that we're kind of in home, how can we better equip ourselves for this maybe mild long haul, four weeks, six weeks of staying home and to transition and to transition in a healthy way? So I thought, let's deal with some kind of tips that we've been working with, my, my wife and my family of how to obtain things and just help you guys to give some resources to better equip yourself, to get what you need in your house. So we broke this up in a few categories and we broke them up in food, uh, household connection, medical emergency, financial, and then just general planning, and then self care. So I want to talk about these a little bit, and then kind of riff with Stephen as well. For food, one of the biggest issues we've had is just gosh, getting meat. And I'm Stephen. Have you gone to the grocery store lately, Stephen, or have you been pretty much re- relying on on your service you just started that HelloFresh?
1: Oh, yeah. So I've, I haven't been to the grocery store in, I guess it's been about a week and a half was the last time I went. And I'm, I'm doing my best to, you know, sort of not go in when I can. So I've been mostly relying, like you said, on this HelloFresh and just sort of on food that I've had stored up just sort of normally. So, And I highly recommend that. There's a lot of services out
0: there like HelloFresh and just tons of competitions that I even think about that, that help to get prepared foods. Now, is it already prepared or do you just get the ingredients and then you cook that on that on that particular service?
1: Uh, yeah, you just get the ingredients and okay. then you cook it, yeah, so. yeah. Okay, so there's tons of different kind of options.
0: So I really highly, highly recommend getting that. We were having a tough time getting meat, like ground beef, and so I realized that there was there's uh, a there sort called Butcher Box, a Butcher Box, which gives you monthly supplies of grass fed organic beef, chicken, salmon, all this different kind of stuff. You can you can and you can just change your box. It's an awesome service. It comes to your door every four weeks. I know they're getting a little overloaded now. As of yesterday. Uh, it was March 30th, was the next uh, shipment. So we got on right away. I think it's a little bit later now. But there's other options. Instead of going to the grocery store, try the Butcher Box, Omaha Steaks, um, which is where I'm from, by the way, Nebraska, which has the best steaks in the entire world. So <laughs> I should say, I feel bad for everyone with the Butcher Box. But I didn't even think about it until my sister mentioned Omaha Steaks. Kansas City State Company, Halal Pastures, which is really cool. I just saw them and they do a lot of things where you can actually split an entire cow with multiple people and a family and just divvy it up and then have it delivered. Uh, A lot of really cool options. And I'll send this in the show notes. There's another link I found in another article showing like the top eight places where you can probably just get meat online where they have to wait and go to the grocery store and then never have it. For us, staying away from the grocery store, we we live in a city, so we have Instacart. If you know what that is, it's basically an online service that sends shoppers out. It's like the Uber of food where they go out and shop for you and then bring your groceries to you. So we've been doing that. Now I get it, it's overloaded right now. So here is a couple tips of how we're trying to navigate that. So we'll put in some groceries and I'll say like five, days days before, and normally it's like an hour or two, so five or six days. So we've now just decided. Okay, we've got to get on top of this. We're trying to create a menu plan, and we're and we're creating a separate little note, which I use Evernote for a lot of my resources, and put all of our necessities. So the milks and the breads and the butters and the peanut butter. Because what happens is all of a sudden there'll be like two-hour open window, just out of nowhere, for Instacart. Like crap, let's snag it. Let's snag it. So let's we'll throw things in there, and then we'll get stuff. Like crap, we forgot the milk. So we we got we're trying to get a little ahead of the curve by creating a separate list of our just our normal items that we that are our regular go to for the Boys and for ourselves. And then we kind of have that and then we put that into uh Instacart and it's just sitting there waiting. So then whenever we see a two-hour window, we just go ahead and hit submit and we're good to go. So we do that. Um uh, we also uh use a, a, an app called Paprika. This is an awesome app. I don't know what it's available, I know it's for iOS and uh and for the Mac. I think it might be available on Windows platforms, I'm not sure, but it's an awesome menu planning app and it's really inexpensive. And we use this to really schedule a menu, plan our whole entire week in advance, and so it helps us cut costs on groceries. And you can actually create, by the way, uh, a template which is really powerful. Where you can, if you're really like me, I l- I'm a creature of habit. Stephen, are you like a creature of habit? Like you like routine? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> absolutely. I, I imagine you're, <laughs> you're epidemiologist. I'm uh, not not known for your spontaneity. So uh, <laughs> so uh, well, yeah. I'm the same way. Like I love I love rigidity. Basically, uh, it makes me feel comfortable. Uh, so you can actually build a template where you could actually create a a menu plan, say a one week or two week or four week menu plan, and just, just, just hit it and then make it for the next month. And then automatically, uh, brings out all your ingredients, all, all your grocery lists automatically. You don't have to do anything. You just cycle it over and over and over. And it's powerful, reduces time. So you can spend more time with your family and be ahead of the curve with your groceries and get them on Instacart or however you want to get them online. Anything else on food, Stephen, that, that, that you've used or been helpful for you to
1: kind of get some good food? Yeah. So I guess there's just two things to bring up is, you know, one, uh, Ali and I, my girlfriend have been sort of using this as an opportunity to do some cooking together and also to sort of think about, you know, what, what exactly we are consuming and like where our food's coming from and that sort of thing. So one, I mean, they've had this food service, they have a number of them, but uh, one of them is called like imperfect foods, where basically they take the food that is just a little bit too ugly to put on the grocery store shelves. <laughs> you know, they're like tomatoes that are like kind of bulbous and funny looking, you uh-huh. know, and they just stick them in a box and uh, and send them to you. And and that's kind of a nice way of, you know, using food that, you know, might yeah. might be sort of tossed aside and, and maybe it's something that we ought to be doing kind of anyway, right? Sure. But it, we're sort of using this as an opportunity to shift some of those habits. And the other thing too that I've been thinking a lot about is just that you know there are a lot of like local food producers that are having a lot of trouble right now as well. And you know it's I think that these you know these companies that are able to to put out these deliveries are are awesome. But you know if you have like a a butcher down the street too, you know I bet that even if they don't normally do it, many of these places are starting to deliver now too, or to allow you to pick things up in ways that they wouldn't before. So we're trying to look around and see if there are any providers just sort of locally here who who would be willing to do that sort of thing and maybe gather some of our food needs uh, through that route. That's great. And this reminds me of like, well, yeah, local food
0: co ops a great way to resource see what's available yeah. there. Uh, my sister mentioned that she went to a huge convenience store. What well, you were just saying, Stephen, is kind of your natural default go-to was packed. would totally just run down, went to a small, like a grocery market and there's plenty of food available. And so just don't mm-hmm. overlook them. Uh, you know, Stephen, you were just saying you were looking for a sanitizer and couldn't find anywhere and you went to a small little little shop and there it was. Yep. Yeah. So don't forget them and support our local communities. As for household, Another big one. I know all the, the the memes going on for toilet paper and just the craziness trying to find it. And how do you obtain it? So a few ways. I know one thing that might be unusual. We use Thrive Market. If you haven't checked it out, it's a great place to get like healthy, like uh, natural products uh, delivered to your door. We use that often. Uh, it's a subscription, like an annual subscription. You get discounted products. So look into that as a helpful way to get cleaning supplies, toilet paper, those kind of things. Amazon, of course, but it's been kind of picked and it's kind of run down as well. Walmart, of course. Walmart's becoming. Like, a, like an Amazon offering like third-party vendors to come on Walmart. So to be more expansive, a lot of resources there. One thing we use is it might be if those of your families have little ones that are in diapers still, that can get frustrating, like trying to find diapers and wipes and wondering what you're gonna do. And we use Honest Company. So check it out, honestcompany.com. It's a subscription. You get it every, delivered to your door every month. We've, we've been doing this for years anyway. That makes life simple, especially during this time when you really need diapers. I mean, there's some really dire consequences if you don't have diapers, right? <laughs> so like yeah, the crap really hits the fan. So so you, you wanna have something. So look into that to get a monthly supply of that. It's really easy to use. Great, great resources. Anything on household for you? No, I
1: think that pretty much covers what I've been thinking about sure, too.
0: Sure. And for connection, uh, pretty simple. I, I have to tell you, the the power of FaceTime and Zoom is underappreciated because uh, when I had to teach a class uh, this last Tuesday online, so now we're now not going to the office, and it was just really awesome to have my class back now. Granted, it was it was it was virtual, but I got to see their faces, and they were all there on the screen, and we got a riff about how what we were experiencing for a little while, and just kind of come together, and that was really healing. So really encouraging using Zoom or FaceTime for three to four to five to six people, even more, to just get there and hang out for a while. Um, it does it doesn't replace human to human contact, but it does bring about a decent amount of contact and healing. Have you tried that at all yet with some?
1: Oh, yeah. I've been, you know, it's been funny. I've actually probably spent more time and and been like uh, on Skype, Zoom, FaceTime with uh, with more friends in the last like two or three weeks than I have in the last six months. You <laughs> totally. know, in a way, this, this thing is like presented an opportunity to reconnect with people who I haven't really spoken mm-hmm. with in a long time because we're all just kind of sitting around at home and trying to figure out what to do with ourselves. Sure. And sure. In a way, there's been a real beauty to that.
0: That's awesome. Like you're going through your little virtual Rolodex. Like, hmm, who's exactly. you, who should I Skype right <laughs> now? Who's this guy? Oh, yeah, that's awesome. We're trying to get my mother-in-law, for example, like uh, we're trying to get her on on Skype so we can have her see the boys uh, and those kind of things. So just keep that in mind. Really great to stay connected. Medical emergency, not much to say here. I just got a text a few days ago that prescriptions can be delivered. So I'm assuming most places would be able to do that as well. Just a little quick tip, just random. We have this in general, but it's a great thing to have. I'm on my speed dial, on my favorites list, I have poison control, an instant nurse hotline. Doctors are all on my favorite list, just to have at your disposal in case you need to ask a question, something like that. Financial, here's a big one. So, first of all, we see unemployment skyrocketing, and uh, thankfully, you're able to, to obtain it uh one key thing I want to say is this is more than ever is a time to have a budget people are spending a lot of money for particular resources and that can get out of hand and you can find yourself buying a lot of stuff and in the end hurting yourself down the road when you really need those resources for other things because right now we know if there's one thing about life it is unpredictable so the best way to do this is begin to have a great budget that makes you even just makes you feel so much more in control so I We're not gonna get into how to do a budget because we're already running a little bit long. We have a lot to wanna talk about, but I wanna suggest one resource. It's called YNAB. So you just go to YNAB.com, Y-N-A-B, just stands for you need a budget. So you need a budget. So go to YNAB.com. It's like $100 a year. It's a little pricey, but it's life-changing, guys. Like I did this, I've been obsessed about finances probably because I'm always on a tight budget, but I've been going from platform to platform for years and this only does one thing and it does it incredibly well. It makes you have an outstanding budget and it gives you the flexibility to pivot when you need to really quickly. In a time like this, when things are changing from day to day, even financially, what you're gonna spend money on, what you're not gonna spend money on, YNAB just is great. So check it out, YNAB.com. If you need any assistance with this, I would be happy to help. It is kind of a philosophy. It's kind of this envelope style system, but they kind of adopt a different kind of way of doing it. But it's powerful, guys. Check it out.
1: You need a budget. Get on it. Uh, do you have a budget, Stephen? Yeah, I do. Um, I might have to try this one out, though. It's basically just a clunky Excel spreadsheet. So
0: No, that, sound, that sounds exactly like an epidemiologist, Stephen. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, yeah. I use Excel sheets. Version. Yeah, homebrew, Totally. Uh, so check it out. Planning just general. I mean, having a plan is awesome. Just, it makes you feel in control. The, the few, the few ways I do a planning. Number one, I have an ideal week. I highly recommend it. Use a Google calendar, whatever it is, and just block your week. What would be the ideal week for yourself? Like for you getting up your routine in the morning to make you feel grounded, the responsibilities you have, some time away for yourself for self-care exercise, whatever you're going to do, family time, engagement, connection with friends do the ideal week. And then every Sunday, kind of go back and and look at this ideal week and look at it, see what's one thing I can do to insert one more possible ideal component to my week, right? So it gives you a sense of control. It gives you something to look forward to. You're kind of putting in those big rocks in your week that you can look forward to, especially when you're at home. What's something that's going to be fun? Maybe it's knitting, it's crocheting, it's listening to music, maybe it's connecting with friends or family, Um But uh, putting this in, again, it it really begins to solidify this idea that there are really profound things in your life that you have control of and to reassert that in your life so that you can get grounded again. So... Highly encourage having something like that ideal week. I use a thing called a full focus planner. It's actually a physical planner from Michael Hyde and company. I use this to kind of help me stay grounded and focused on my day. But I also use software like OmniFocus uh, to really plan my day. So adopt something to really help you keep on track of what are the big things you wanna do. Keep going, don't stop now, right? This is not a time just to sit back and not do anything. We're gonna talk about in a second. To still move forward with something, connecting with people, growing within your own self and doing something great in the context of your own home.
1: Anything on planning, Stephen? Yeah, no. It's um, just to note that I, when I sort of started this whole social, social isolation thing, mm. um, I thought that my calendar was going to become a lot less important. But <laughs> then, over the course of that first week when I was staying at home, I, I nearly missed five different meetings because oh, yeah. I, you know, I had them in my calendar, but I just wasn't paying attention to sure. it. So, um, if anything, I've, I, I'll just say that I've, I live and die by my calendar even more than I used to, which was a lot. So, sure. um, I think these things will be. Revaluable, and it's good. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll end on this note
0: on this section, but we do know, Stephen, right? What 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 go, what goes on the calendar gets done. Like on some levels, so it's like it's <laughs> yep. like that's what. If it's not on the calendar, I have no idea what's going to happen. So, uh, the calendar is an invisible part of just making this a feeling sense of self control. Now, self care. Oh, yeah. Self-care, man, a few things I do for self-care. Number one, uh, for me, uh, I'm a Catholic, so prayer is really important. Pray every day. I meditate uh, as well, as much as I can. I don't get that every day. Uh, I recommend an app called Headspace. I already mentioned before, and they just came out with a whole free section now to deal with this crisis, to help people give Headspace. So you can download Headspace now for free. And there's a whole section called Weather the Storm, which offers tons of different ways to enter into meditation. It's not religious, it's purely secular. It's a way to kind of breathing exercises, stay grounded. It's powerful. I highly recommend if you're not a type of person of prayer, but at least entering into a regular routine of meditation, there's study after study after study on the benefits on this idea of, uh, self, of self-control and peace uh, and energy and confidence by just regularly practicing this. Another thing I do is journal Journal Daily. It's so great. There's, again, so many studies on the power of journaling, whether it's paper or uh, digital, although paper seems to have more credibility behind it with how it can help you memorize things. But I use Day One as an app for my journal. It's awesome. It's powerful. It makes it easy for me to journal. And just quickly, I'll get into this even further in just a second... But how I do this is just every every day I try to at least review my day and ask myself in one difficult circumstance, where is the gift in this? And in some difficult circumstances of the day, I probe to say, what does this make available for me? What does this do for me to help me be better as a person? And then finally, I make one, I, I then I, I I spend a few minutes elaborating on what I'm grateful for in the day and just convincing and helping my, my mind understand that life is a life of gratitude. And then I try to make one firm resolution to make one small act of generosity, unusual generosity the next day. So if I naturally hug my wife and just say, I'm going to hug my wife tomorrow, it doesn't quite work because then nobody's going to know the difference. But some unusual generosity that I might do that's a little bit different, not big. So that gets into this idea of being grounded. And Stephen, I want to riff on you with this. And this comes from this morning, actually, from my brother. My brother texted me because he's listening to the podcast. And it made me, it made me think about this, this phrase, right, that we hear. I've heard before. It's kind of a cliche of you don't know what you got until it's gone, right? You don't know what you got until it's gone. And now here we're isolated in our houses and our apartments and our condos. And what's gone is the outside world. Uh, <laughs> so it's, I see it through my window and uh, I don't know what you have. I have, I have about a foot of snow uh, in my uh, in my window right now because of the, the big snowstorm that came last night. Amazing. Yeah, so it's been spring. On the, on the first day of spring, it snowed. That's exactly Colorado, right? So oh, yeah. mixed signals all the way. So it made me think this idea of... Life as manufactured, I think, in our life, life as manufactured has replaced life as discovery for quite some time now. We live in this virtual reality of like uh, we can manufacture identities on Facebook, we can manufacture our relationships on dating profiles, we can constantly manufacture, we can literally manufacture a home that it's snowing outside, guys, and I'm nice, warm at seventy four degrees in my home. Life can be truly manufactured. And my brother texted me this morning this 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 line. I'm like, ah, oh, that's a really good insight here. Well, and this this is for him. just, just a random text. Quote, why don't you do something on getting back to what it used to be? My, my brother is about eight years older than me. When I was a kid, the only source of information was from teachers and adults. We spent time fishing, hunting, looking through junk piles on grandpa's job site. The only care I had was where the, when the bobber was going to go down, when a pheasant would pop up in front of me, what cool screw, a broken tool... I could find what cool racetrack I could make in the dirt for my matchbox cars. The folks my age know all this too well. It's our responsibility to help a generation who does not know how to live without being entertained electronically. So again, going back to the, to the gift in this, right? The opportunity here is the longing for the heart for what is real Right for what is real, the real world outside that we can't get to right now, and not so much which manufactured, which is like in my room, the manufactured videos, the manufactured pro social profiles. Right. So when the urgency subsides, like right now, my family it's still crazy. We're trying to get groceries, we're trying to organize our life, we're trying to figure out how our kids can stop being insane inside the house and so give us a second to breathe. But soon, but soon things will subside. And we'll get into a new rhythm. And I'm really encouraging you at this point in time, when you get in that new rhythm to take on, adopt a, 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 a kind of a mindset of discovery. This idea of seeing the gift of being home, seeing the opportunity to discover more about your spouse, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, and maybe even a gift of rediscovering yourself. But what I want to caution you more than anything is do not allow this time to, for you to escape into entertainment because the world does not need escapists. I think, I don't think we need, we really don't need escapists around. Right we, need, we need, creatives. We need less escapists and more creatives. What do I mean by this? In my perception, and I was talking to Steve with this, and we were totally in agreement on this, that escapists Mm -hmm. remove themselves from the elements of the world with with the purpose of manufacturing feelings by manufacturing an alternative unreal universe. And of course, then their, quote, experience provides no value and, and no just cause to reality. But the difference is creatives look at the elements of the world, same thing, the elements of the world in front of them And then do the unimaginable. They bring order to them. They bring beauty and structure and harmony and advancement and truth and healing and connection and love to the world. And so their experiences revolutionizes the world. And what we need more than anything, we're seeing that the world's going to be and is different, right? It's going to be completely different. And now to use these elements and to refashion something profound, we need more creatives and not escapists. So please don't use this time to watch Netflix every single hour of the day. I mean, I mean, I, I, I binge every once in a while and it's great, right? But not exclusively. So how do we do this? How, I want to give you a couple of things to land the plane with that we can land. Sorry, this is going long, but I think it's some good stuff. Hmm. How can we become creatives and, and not escapists during this time? So this comes from my Living the Real website, livingthereal.com. Check it out. This is kind of the, my thing called the ordered life. And I think this is the first step by which we can move out of escapist mentality into creatives because we need to practice a new habit. The first one is grounding ourselves into something permanent, We have to do this. This is the very first step. So permanent is like a just cause. So for me, for Steven, for Mark, it's God. So it may or may not be for you, but it has to be something what Simon Sinek says in the infinite game, an infinite game, right? It it has no end. So beating COVID is a profound and great end, but it ends, it will end, it will come to an end and it will come to end soon. So we need to think something bigger. The first thing is to ground yourself in something permanent. It's the first step. The second one, once you ground yourself in something permanent beyond yourself, then you realize that life is discovery. So then we move this idea from control and victimhood. This idea of trying of fabricating our own lives for ourselves with our social media, and we begin to look through a life of discovery and self efficacy. So how do you practice this? Well, and and ground in permanence. I practice prayer, and mindset for this. I review each of my day, like I just said, and I find the hardest thing and I say, where is the gift in this? What does this make possible for me? And I have to journal about this to refashion my mind to see that life is opportunity. This is the fundamental truth of creatives. They don't see these things, these mishaps, these failures as things that show them the world is against them. They use it as opportunity to grow. And so we need to change our mindset, especially in this day and age, that life is discovery and there's opportunity. And we need to practice this now by just simply every day, looking back in our own life and saying, man, That sucked where's the gift in this? This allows us to practice seeing life as an opportunity, right? So doing this about five minutes a day. Then the, the, uh, the next step is it's simply coming out of that is being grateful and spending a few minutes a day writing about your gratitude, about seeing the truth about that discovery, that there's something in it there for yourself you can grow. And then finally, the last step is making that small concrete act the next day, to make an unusual, but yet small act of generosity that expands our capacity to serve rather than to be served. Because I think that's what we're being called to do. When we see Mark going in the hospital. He's serving. We need more of these people who,
1: who are willing and able to have the heart to serve profoundly. Have do you want to say back to that, Stephen? Yeah, I mean, I think that uh, I love what you just said. And I think that we can really use our creativity as as a means to achieve this sort of last thing, this generosity, you know, like whether it's, you know, if, if you have a friend who's in the healthcare professional, you know, bake them something, make them something, you know, do something that will like, you know, we'll, we'll both be creative and we'll sort of exercise your, you know, your your ability to engage with with the real world, but also, you know, something that will that will spill out to other people as well. Um, and I think that just like doubles the gift. Definitely. Mm,
0: That's awesome. I think that's a great way to end because I think way to focus generosity right now on our context. Our context is that we have a lot of small businesses and people who are suffering right now so we can reallocate some of our resources and our, our capacity to give to those people who really need it most. So think about that. Who are in your circle of influence right now who are close to you that have small businesses that need your help in some way? Buying gift cards, giving them cookies, and begin to extend ourselves in small ways to, to really prepare ourselves then to enter into really that creative life, which is the second component. Again, there's more in this and in livingthereal.com. I'm going to re- reopen that up in a couple weeks in and really make this a new framework to help people see a new perspective in light of this chaos in our life. Well, thank you so much for hanging in there, guys. We're about thirty-seven minutes in—longer, longest episode ever. But if you have <laughs> questions, you can you can you can direct message on Twitter, Stephen at s t e p h e n k i s s l e r. I randomly decided to create our own Twitter handle for Pandemic Podcast. Pandemic Podcast was not available, so you will find us on Pandemic Cast. That's it. Pandemic Podcast. Sorry about that. Very limited options. But you can always ask us questions there or just search Pandemic Podcast on Twitter and you'll see our image right away. So then if you want to direct message me, M-A-T-T-B-O-E-T-T-G-E-R on Twitter or same place, Pandemic Podcast, check out my website, livingthereal.com. Thank you so much for listening. And oh, oh, once again, I forgot to mention, if you want to give in any way possible to help us continue this with getting the right resources and equipment, patreon.com slash Pandemic Podcast. Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com slash Pandemic Podcast would help us get the equipment to keep this going, maybe get a little small assistance so we can spend more time providing better value and less time editing. Thank you guys and see you guys in a few days. Take care.